Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Welcome to episode 41. We are broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, here in the Granite Outpost. We're calling this one Lone Ranger, and that is presented by Stormalong American Hard Cider. So, Hio Silver, away! Saddle up, Rangers, and let's ride into another episode here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Episode 41, presented by Stormalong American Hard Cider. Real craft cider made in Massachusetts. All of their ciders are made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples. Taste the Stormalong difference and get your hands-on some today. Use promo code TJRS for 10% off of your first online order at their website, which is stormalong.com, or check out their locator to find realtors near you. Stormalong American Hard Cider, a Massachusetts-based craft hard cider company producing a wide range of ciders focused on apple quality and character. Respect the apple. All right, 10 wins in a row. It feels good to be good, Rangers. Hope you're enjoying your week here. And we've got, unfortunately, an away game this time around. You know, normally this time of the season, we've got a bunch of home games. And we did. Uh, We had a great home stand that saw our Free Jacks go undefeated. But now the Free Jacks are on the road. They're heading up to the great white north of Canada. Super excited to get up there. Some of you may know that uh, I will be heading up to the Great White North. That is why this episode is called The Lone Ranger. As far as we know, I will be the only Free Jacks fan in attendance there at York Lions Stadium. Of course, uh, Caitlin will be there with me as well. So it's going to be two Rangers, I guess. Uh, but The Lone Ranger sounds like a better episode than the two Rangers. So we're going with that one. Wanted to go over the lineup real quick of this episode, episode 41 of the Jacks Ranger Show. We've got Brian Ray, who is the super fan of the Toronto Arrows. He also is the guru behind America's Rugby News, which I highly recommend. If you haven't checked it out yet, that that's your best source of information in the written form, at least, for MLR content, in my humble opinion. Next up, we'll have the Outriders with Phil and Dave. We'll go over the Atlanta Review and the Toronto Preview, followed up with David Lawrence, who does a global rugby podcast. He is a Free Jacks super fan as well, covers the Jacks a little bit. Mainly his focus is worldwide rugby and the league's all over the world there. So just wanted to catch up with my buddy, David. He's a, he's a great guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. We actually ran out of time. So I wanted to apologize to him. We weren't able to get a huzzah in at the end because we literally ran out of Zoom time and the uh, the episode abruptly cut off. So we'll have him on again at some point soon. At the end, before we ride off into the sunset, I will come back and close up shop with you guys as I always do. So let's get right into the interview with Brian Ray from America's Rugby News, the Toronto Arrows super fan right here on the Jack. Jack's Rangers show. Huzzah, baby. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers show. I am joined once again by our good friend up north there, Brian Ray. Brian, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right, Phil. How's things over there? 
perfect, man. You know, coming off another big win for the Free Jacks against Atlanta. Super excited to travel um, to Toronto. I'm going to be the Lone Ranger up there, um, you know, visiting uh, the Great White North. I've been there a couple times. Have not been to Toronto ever. I've been to Ottawa and uh, Montreal. So that was cool. Um, so since you're the resident internet uh, super fan of the uh, Toronto Arrows, I wanted to have you on once again. Tell us, uh, for the Rangers that may have missed your previous appearance on the show, give us a brief rundown of your personal and rugby background, please. Uh, well, I uh, started way back, I don't even know the year, 92, 93, when I was in grade, uh, well, beginning of high school anyways, played rugby. Uh, I stuck it out for about 20 years until my body had enough. Um, but I actually started writing about rugby pretty early back, I think it was 98, when I started writing about Canadian rugby. So it's been a while with that too. Uh, I've done some coaching. Uh, I was referee for a long time. So uh, I've been involved certainly in sport for a long time. And these days it's, uh, you know, writing has pretty much taken over uh, my time as far as what I can do in there. So uh, yeah, I've been around for a while. Uh, I've watched a few World Cups, traveled to a couple. So uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Excellent. So please promote America's Rugby News. We try to do that on this show as much as possible because the, the content on there is fantastic. And also tell us about your social media on Twitter. You do a fantastic job on there. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, most people who follow MLR at this point probably know americasrugbynews.com, uh, cover all the games, all the rosters, trades, all that kind of stuff, uh, previews, reviews, etc. So, we've, you know, if you want to find uh, pretty much any uh, result or, you know, preview or what happened before any game dating back to the first season, uh, you can find it there. If you want to find older stuff like pro rugby back oh, in uh, 2016. I'll stop right there, too, please. So. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so there's <laughs> lots of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Ray's Rugby, R-A-Y-S Rugby. Excellent. And you also cover the South American League SLAR as well. That is uh, something that you guys do. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you just broke up with me a little bit. Oh, yeah, I was just saying that you uh, you guys also cover SLAR, uh, the South American uh, League. Yeah, that one sounds a little weird to say. SLAR, it's not really <laughs> something that rolls off the tongue, does it? But no, we, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Paul Tate, uh, who uh, you know runs all our South American content and America's Rugby News, covers all the the uh, South American competition there. So we've got all of that as well. So uh, definitely something to keep uh, an eye on because I imagine we'll be seeing at some point, yes. you know, the uh, Super Liga champion taking on yes. the League Rugby champion. So fingers crossed that happens uh, sometime in the not too distant future. I'm really hoping for that to be something that happens very soon. As you're saying, a slur sounds like maybe a death metal band or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, just for a little note for the Rangers that are watching this, we're film filming this before Toronto's fixture with Dallas. Toronto currently has six wins and six losses right now, middle of the road in the Eastern Conference. How would you summarize their season up to this point? Well, I thought it was going okay. I remember the last time I was on here, he asked, uh, you know, how I was feeling. I think uh, they were kind of at 50 or at 500 anyways after the kind of long uh, road trip and kind of at that point speculated that, uh, you know, coming back and, and, and playing at home again the first time since 2019 would certainly right. help. And it, and it did help for a little bit, but you'd have to say the last couple of games heading into this Dallas game, very, very disappointing, uh, poor performance in Houston, a terrible start against New York. Um, you know, and, and you'd have to expect they'll come away with Dallas uh, with this one for the, with a five point win, but yeah. um, you know, it, it, they're really, 
you'd almost have to say that New York game kind of put them out of the playoff. I mean, they're still mathematically in, but now they need some help, right? I mean, they're not going to check catch the free jacks, but maybe New York or ATL, but again, they're going to need some help from other teams. So, you know, a little bit disappointing uh, in what was looking like a promising season. Those injuries just haven't helped this season. Right, exactly. Injuries playing a big factor there for sure. I was pulling for you guys. I was hoping that you would get in the playoffs. I mean, there's still, as you're saying, mathematically, it is still possible, but you need help. Um, You know, I was hoping that it would be us, New Jersey and you guys. Um, but unfortunately, Atlanta is just really good, uh, as we saw the free, as Free Jacks fans um, against uh, them this weekend at Port Quincy. Boy, they're physical. Boy, they like to they like to throw a shoulder into somebody for sure. Um, what what uh, what does your team new need to do to get better and finish the season strong for the Toronto Arrows? Well, I think getting a couple of those bodies back, uh, Kyle Bailey was, is such an important player. He's missed a, a bunch. Like he just brings so much physicality to that pack. That, um, you know, some of the other guys just haven't quite delivered in, in that regard. Um, and, and we really needed him in the line out as well. That's been really suffering quite badly the last couple of games. Um, so, you know, getting him back, I, I expected he was going to be gone for the season, but thankfully that's not the case. So um, he's on the bench against Dallas. Uh, Ross Brody, the scrum half, another one who's missed a few games. Good to have him back. I mean, we've gone through about uh, eight, nine scrum halves. I had to call it Jamie McKenzie out of the announcer's booth. So it's right. <laughs> an emergency. So yeah. Uh, that's been a struggle. Um, Dan and Robinson Bartlett, I think we've had him fit for two games. I mean, and he was slated to be like the starting outside center this season. So that's mm-hmm. been a massive blow. Uh, so, you know, we get a couple of those guys back for the, the run in and, and kind of shore up this line out, uh, figure what, out what's going on uh, with that. Then uh, that'll go a long way. So we like to do some fun stuff on here regarding like, let's just have, you know, the guest play GM of their team or whatever. So if you were the GM of Toronto, what player currently on the roster are you signing up for a four-year contract right now? No hesitation. Well, the guy I would have signed uh, is Brock Webster, who was playing in the wing for about five games and then went back to the Canada Sevens uh, program. Okay. Much to my disappointment, but I, I would expect him to come back to Major League Rugby, but that guy is just so electric. He has so much talent. I mean, he was playing in the wing, but he can play fullback. He played fly half for our for the Canada under-20 side. So uh, he's just such a creative attacker. Uh, I think he's got a huge future ahead of him. So he would be uh, probably at the top of my list to, to, to nail down. Very good. Um, so also, if you're the GM of Toronto, what player in MLR are you recruiting heavily to join Toronto next year and one foreign player as well from a oh, – not a foreign player, but just a foreigner from a different league? I said that wrong. But um, someone that's not in MLR as well. <laughs> there we go. So how many picks are you giving me here? <laughs> so, one for each. One for each. Okay, so I got one international and one major league rugby player. Yeah, somebody that's just overseas. It can be a Canadian, but they have to be playing in a different league and also one player, regardless of, you know, um, nationality from MLR that's on a different team right now. Yeah, well, I mean, if it was if I was looking at a Canadian, I'd want to get Evan Olmsted uh, back from France. He's been playing with BRITs, but I don't think that's going to happen. Sadly, I think pretty okay. sure he's going to be staying in France. But he would be right. uh, certainly uh, near the top of my list of, of uh, I think a, a big bruising second row and someone who can uh, get in the lineup. I mean, Tyler Ardron would be a dream, but again, uh, out of reach. Um, you know, uh, as far as international, I mean, it, it's tough to say because there's so many players out there, right? right? Oh, yeah. Who's available. But um, I, I think finding a, a big lock 
who can really get up, you know, I mean, you look at, at, at the free Jack, Stan Vandenhoven, yeah. six foot eight. I mean, we don't have yeah. something like that. Right. So right. it would be great to have uh, some towering presence there. I would look for that. And I would look for an electric outside center, someone like Mark O'Keefe um, okay. who can just break the line seemingly at will. Uh, I mean, uh, you see another bit with, with Wayne Vanderbank on your side, yeah, right? So, yeah. so maybe Jack Reeves, maybe we can make a deal with, 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 uh, you know, with the free Jacks and maybe get him because he is Canadian eligible. So he'd there be in there. That would be interesting. I wonder if there would be some financial compensation because he's on a two year loan deal. So, I mean, I don't know how that process works. I just can only dream it up and just play FIFA on the side and, and, and you know, and have fun that way. But um, uh, who's your second favorite team in MLR and why is it the free Jacks? <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, I'll have to go with the Free Jacks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I live in Halifax, and Halifax mm-hmm. kind of has this unique relationship with New England. Of course, right. uh, we send a Christmas tree down to uh, to Boston every year for uh, the thanks for helping out during the Bo- the Halifax explosion many, many years ago. So uh, we kind of have that intrinsic uh, relationship. Many of my uh, friends and, and family around here are big Boston Bruins fans, So, yeah, and I yeah. certainly I've loved my time every time I go to Boston. So uh, it's kind of a natural uh, fit for me to pick the free jacks. What's interesting, you mentioned, you know, uh, the the connection there. There's a lot of states in New England that want to go to Atlantic time. So that's kind of interesting. I know that you're a one hour ahead of us there. Um, so that's that would be wild if that took place. And my questions just disappeared. So I'm trying to get those back in front of me here. Uh, all right. So I've got them now here. Uh, do you have any intel to share um, since I'll be the Lone Ranger at York Lions Stadium on Thursday, <laughs> how is the crowd? What's the beer selection like? How's the parking? I don't think you've been there yourself yet, but uh, you got some, I'm sure, some folks that have been to the games. Yeah, you know? uh, well, that's the thing. Like York Lions, it's it's been completely redone uh, over the past year, right? The the Arrows didn't play there before this year. They played downtown at uh, Lamport Stadium, and they played across the street at uh, York Alumni Field. Now, I did go to a game uh, when I was there, and but I think the setup is quite different. I think they've got a few different selections there, so it's really hard for me to comment. Uh, to, to be honest, I'm sure whatever they've got set up there will be will be a, a common. I am told that the the stands, the seats, the whole setup is uh, significantly better than where yeah. it was at. Alumni field, so so that's a good thing. I would expect a pretty good game experience. It looks like the field is in pristine condition, so uh, it should be pretty fun. And it looks like they had good crowds too, so that's that's promising as well. It just dawned on me that I have to buy, I have to exchange some loonies pretty soon at my bank here. I, I just totally <laughs> forgot cash? about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be you know, it's one of those things that you think about. Like, I'm going to a different country, so I should probably get on top of that as soon as possible, considering I'm leaving on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> So Brian is also um, the best part of the rugby wrap up, which is a weekly MLR segment that I highly recommend the Rangers check out. Uh, Matt McCarthy and I have a bit of an online rivalry, if you folks don't know. Um, Do you have any embarrassing stories to tell us about him? Uh, embarrassing stories about <laughs> Matt McCarthy. Well, uh, if you've seen the number of takes that we do <laughs> when we're doing the show, yeah. I don't know if I have one in particular, but uh, uh, Matt is always, uh, he's always got some creative things that he says that doesn't quite make the, uh, gets left in the cutting room floor, so I'm to sure. speak. So, sure. so I don't know if I have one specifically. There's probably a few things that are PG-13 that I can't mention, but um, it's always a fun time uh, filming the rugby wrap-up. I, I can say sure. that much and, uh, you know, Matt sometimes gets his, his foot in his mouth sometimes with some of the other managers. Um, <laughs> he sees Adrian Balfour, for instance, in Seattle, seems to take issue with so it's gone. So it's, there's always something interesting going on with him. 
I believe it. Last time I saw him, I punched him in the arm and said, we got you again down there in Hoboken. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the folks that may not be aware, uh, the New England Free Jacks have won the Chowder Cup um, with two wins. Now, the last game is yet to be decided against the New Jersey uh, Dirt Packers, which is going to take place as the last regular season home game for the Free Jacks. So um, hopefully Matt's listening to this and, and just fuming right now that I called them uh, the New Jersey Dirt Packers. But um, what does Toronto have to do to win this game and what will be the final score i guess the free jacks yes Gee, you know it, it it's going to be tough uh i i think you know new england is such a good side right now i mean they've won 10 games in a row they don't have a lot of weaknesses but i think there is one and that's discipline um and we've seen them get wound up a little bit i mean i i love the the physicality that jesse Paretti brings yep. but uh he's taken a couple dumb cards uh, yeah. we have to we have to say that as well. So yeah. I think you can wind him up a little. I think Slade McDowell has a tendency to get a little bit hot out there. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of get under their skin and, and, and I mean, they're great defending team, but if you can get them to kind of uh, take some dump penalties early and get that, the referee kind of looking in that direction a little bit uh, more than mm-hmm. against the arrows, then, yep. then you have a chance to really take advantage. But then again, you've got to have a functioning lineup. So uh, I would say that uh, is arrows have to be disciplined and get their line at Working, and then maybe they've got a chance. Yeah, home field advantage as well, right? I mean, the Free Jacks have been really good on the road, only losing one game uh, to yeah. L.A., out in L.A. This is not much of a road trip. I mean, it's a two-hour plane ride, if, if that. So, I mean, that's not a huge factor. But the, the home field advantage for Toronto, I'm, I'm really curious to see because a lot of people, including us here, you know, talk about how great the Free Jacks atmosphere is at Fort Quincy. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see what the arrows will bring to the table, the fans, that is. Uh, what is. What are the fans called? Are you guys just like the arrowers? Or Arch- I, I, archers <laughs> just i don't really know if they have a real special name <laughs> to be honest I, I don't, you'd have to check out uh, some of the other uh, fan group guys yeah. but uh, no I, I don't know they, they, they probably should get some kind of a cool name though archers is a layup i don't i don't know who's watching this from toronto you guys got to get on that make that a thing if it isn't already but uh yeah really awesome to have you on here i did want to mention right before we go we always do the one word association and that is sponsored by storm along american hard cider mass appeal is the offering that i'm holding up right now if you like sweet cider guys this is the one to go with or you're just kind of curious not really familiar with cider i would try mass appeal first so we've got one or two words here for you brian uh first thing that pops your mind throw it back at me after i say it okay Got it. All right. Rangers. <laughs> Rangers. Um, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Montreal Canadiens. Ooh, gross. Ah, uh, Guy Lafleur. Right. Rest in peace. Yes, exactly. Uh, Toronto. Arrows. <laughs> All right. Maple Leaf. Frustration. <laughs> All right. Free Jacks. Um, fun. All right. I'll take that. And America's rugby news. The best. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Guys, if you have not uh, seen their website, go check it out. America's rugby news is fantastic. So yeah, Brian, I appreciate you coming on here. This is, I think the second or third appearance at this point. I think it's third, third, third. Third chime is a charm for sure. So we appreciate you having uh, you being on here. And I've got one word for everybody. And since you are a secret Free Jacks fan, you can say it along with me in three, two, one. Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined as always with Dave McVay. Dave, how the hell are you this time? 
I'm doing very well. A little hot, a little roasty toasty here in the Boston area. Get a little taste of, you know, what we both left behind down south. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's warm in this room. So we'll see how this goes throughout the episode here. Um, let's talk about uh, Free Jacks news real quick. First thing that I wrote down here, the only thing I wrote down here actually, is the Free Jacks Fan Player of the Year voting has begun. This is an idea that was brought up by Ranger Kenny and signed off uh, by the club. The club will have an end-of-year awards banquet just like they did last year, and the winner of this vote will receive a trophy that will have their name added to it and will be kept at the headquarters, a bottle of Scottish whiskey that will be bought from Scotland by Kenny, and our little show has thrown in an over-the-top ring, you know, just looks, you know, a little funky looking, uh, that uh, the player will be able to keep. Um, you can vote at tinyurl.com forward slash or backslash, which one is backslash uh, forward slash, I think forward slash, uh, Jack's fan vote. So Jack's with an S on the end of, uh, fan vote, uh, please vote only once. So we're using the honor system here, guys. Voting will end on June the 4th at noon, which is the day after the last regular season game and we were made aware that Conradi was not um, put onto the list the list was created prior to him being uh, acquired by the club again so if you want to have Conradi on there I think the solution is just there is a other that is at the bottom just you know type his name in and press enter and you'll be able to vote for him but everybody else should be on there. Uh, we've encountered no other issues with, with regard to that. So we're not going to be doing any campaigning on this show for any specific person. I've secret already voted. Ballot. Yes. Yeah, I voted, I voted as well. Yeah, okay, good. we're not going to talk about our votes. After the award, obviously, yes, maybe we course. will yep. talk about who we picked and why. But sure. not, yep. we don't, no. we're not, we're deliberately trying not to influence the fan campaign. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Let's um, let's talk about Friday the 13th um, at Veterans Memorial Stadium. What was your experience like, Dave? Uh, it was great. Uh, the beer fest was a big hit. I did manage to get two friends to come out and enjoy the fest mm-hmm. um, and then come watch the rugby. I enjoyed seeing all the uh, Jason masks out in the yes. crowd. Yeah. Um, I came dressed as Fat Thor, had a great time. Looked great. Um, yep. I think I technically won a costume contest at some point. It was all a bit of a blur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was it was good. Um yeah, the events were great, good pull, weather was amazing, mm-hmm. it was you know warm and then the sun set. You had you always get a good breeze up in the stands at uh Fort Quincy, you know. Mm-hmm. So felt fantastic. The rugby was hot and heavy. Yes, it and, was. And uh, fireworks at the end. What more can you ask for? The overall experience, incredible. I agree. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people dressed up as superheroes, which was the technically the theme of the night. So that was a, a success, I think, uh, from a Free Jacks perspective. In terms of the Jason mask, I, I was really encouraged to see, I would say about 15 in total, yeah. uh, Jason mask in the, in the crowd. So I really appreciated people um, attaching themselves to that or embracing that rather. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, in terms of like the Friday game as opposed to a Saturday or Sunday, I was kind of dreading it because I got out of work at 4.30. We probably left around 4.45. I was like, oh God, this is going to be awful traffic or whatever going into Boston on the weekend. But I'll tell you what, man, like 
it wasn't that bad. We got there, you know, a little later than we normally would, but we weren't going to be a part of the brew fest anyway. As soon as we saw people shoulder to shoulder in that in that area, I was yeah. like, that's not for me. And by the way, I mean, I, I've got my American uh, hard starter storm along, of course. So um, as long as I have that in my hand, I don't really need anything else there at the game. Yeah, my my wife was planning to do the the beer fest um yes. and we got there and saw the lines and she said you know what i'm gonna do is just yeah. go buy a couple of drinks right. at the beverage stand over there instead sure. um i thought it looked a little too packed i actually apologized to my friends you know who just they, they just made kind of an offhand comment about you know it's a twisting you know nest of snakes because yes. it's all lines and i was like yeah sorry i didn't know it would be so packed mm -hmm. and they said it, it actually was fine you know it was kind of it was a little tight but everything right. moved you know they said the the brewers were all happy to see everybody that you That's know cool. the, the vibe you get from whoever's pouring you your sample kind of sets the tone and they said everybody was really happy the people there were really chill um and they had a really good time even though it was uh very busy so it sounds like it was a very successful event I'm happy that that's the case for sure. But, uh, you know, I, it wasn't going to be for me anyway. And then I saw the line. I was like, oh, it's definitely not for me. But um, ultimately, I think, you know, I was dreading the idea of having it be a Friday afternoon game. But then, like, once the game's over, you're like, oh, man, it's, it's Friday. So Saturday, I've got all my all this free time and then Sunday. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think we've got one more of those, if I recall correctly um uh yeah i think maybe we have a sunday and a friday i think okay. right there you yeah. go yep that sounds uh, right that's that's off the top of my head though i think it's the nola game which is not this coming week but next i could be wrong about that but that's that's just in the back of my mind all right yeah so overall um, great experience yep go yeah ahead. yeah I, I just remembered one more there's one more news thing that we should yes. at least mention which is the seru uh vularica was signed yes. uh he's a utility back 32 years old um won the championship with LA last season, signed with the Fijian Drua, um, and then was released mid-season by them. Uh, we don't really know the reason. It's a very vague, like, disciplinary, you know, issues, um, which, it, you know, sounds bad, but is an extremely broad uh, group. So we, we really have, like, no information. And I said on social media when people were bringing up, you know, that he got released. Uh, it's relevant, but... You know, as as a fan base, I think it, it makes total sense to be happy to give this guy a second chance. We really don't sure. know what that was about. Absolutely. Um, I'm really excited. He's a quality player, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in uh, the old red, white, and blue. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. Give a guy a second chance for sure. Um, you know, it's kind of like a low-risk, high-reward situation because if there's an mm -hmm. injury, you can slot that guy right in, and it's, it should be just fine. I mean, if he's playing on a championship-winning team and then he's also playing super rugby, or if he's that talented enough to be on that roster, you got to feel good about bringing a guy like that in for sure for the last couple of games here as we make our playoff push uh, going forward here. So, yeah, um, let's talk about the Atlanta review. <laughs> Um, this was, uh, you know, uh, extremely physical game felt like a playoff game yeah. for sure. These teams do not like each other. And I knew that Atlanta would have this chip on their shoulder because we beat them twice in a row. Uh, we beat them before they went into the playoffs last year at Fort Quincy is our first home game there. We beat them at the snake pit this year. So they've heard how good we are as we, you know, eclipse them in the standings and have been there ever since. So I'm sure that they wanted to come in and punch us in the mouth and they, they did that to a certain extent. Yeah, so what, literally a couple yes. times, I think probably. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, it was a false start at Fort Quincy on Friday the 13th. Douglas 5 the third's try was taken off the board due to a forward pass. New England did strike first, though, with uh, Wien Conradi powering through Atlanta's defensive line to score. The testiness started after the try when Peter Janssen was isolated around some snakes. Jersey grabbing ensued is what happened there. Waka's conversion was good, so 7-0, to zero, Jack's on top at that point. And then more heated exchanges with Slade McDowell pulling Johan Mom Momsen's jersey over his head. Momsen did not like that and dip tackled Slade without the ball, by the way, which caused Jesse the past Peretti to push Johan down. More jersey gra- grabbing by both teams. Momsen and the past are both shown yellow cards, but Walk is able to successfully kick three points through the uprights due to Momsen's original infraction, 10 to zero jacks. Is that a situation where Momsen uh, could see red uh, with the disciplinary committee, you think? Yeah, they'll have a look at it. If, um, if Slade came down on his head, they might escalate it. Uh, I don't think he did. It looked like he did a, you know, kind of athletic job of curling right. up a little bit to make sure he didn't just land on the on his skull, not a place you usually want to land. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I I think he did okay, which you know, kind of fortunately, unfortunately, means there might not be any more any additional discipline mm-hmm. for Momsen. Um, it, it is an off the ball incident, so something they're going to look at. Uh, I, I, with all the, I don't know how many total camera angles they have, but they're going to be busy down in the old disciplinary review booth from this mm-hmm. game. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see something come down for either team. Um, mm-hmm. It was just that kind of game, right? right? Yeah. And and they're probably going to go over. You, you figure they either have to go over it with a fine tooth comb, or they they have to just kind of wash their hands and be like, "Well, it was a." Tough one, but nobody got hurt. Right. Um, yeah. That's so, uh, in terms of like, you know, yeah, yeah, fisticuffs, gotcha. fisticuffs gotcha. type hurt. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, for me, I'm, you know, I'm okay with Jesse coming in to defend sure. uh, his teammate. Yep. Uh, I think a shove is like the right move. I'm also okay with like a card for him there because you do you know the retaliation is is a problem yeah, you, you know you're, you're always going to get yellow card yeah any if you have to you know run more than 3 steps to get into the in, whatever the incident is to get there and get your shove in um you know you probably you probably shouldn't from from a from a is the referee going to penalize me standpoint right. right if you come running in to give a shove or you know even worse throw a punch you're gonna. You're looking at uh, uh, definitely something from the referee and probably from the disciplinary committee mm-hmm. too, because that's kind of how they try to prevent escalation. Guys are gonna lose their cool and do something. Mm-hmm. You know, in times like this, uh, of course, you could call Momsen's retaliation as well. You know, yeah. and, and that's kind of the whole point is that it's you know once you start doing tit for tat and everybody's retaliating, games get out of control really fast. Oh yeah. Um, so that's a long-winded way to say, like, I I have no problem with Peretti getting a yellow card there. I also have no problem with him defending his teammate. Yes. You know, I, I'm not mad at him. You know, quote unquote, mad at him or whatever. Right. Um, for that choice, uh, I think I think that's a, a reasonable situation from both him and the ref. Momsen might get something escalated. Uh, it was a pretty, you know, we didn't refereeing. You don't look at intent. Intent doesn't matter. But like. If it did, <laughs> Momsen's tip right. looked pretty, looked pretty gnarly. You know, I mean, the only 
like you said, Slade doesn't have the ball. They're off the ruck. He's mad because he's pulled him out of the ruck twice by his jersey. The second time, you know, hockey style over his head. Yep. And, uh, I mean, he just picks him up by the hips, and it's a classic tip tackle. He yeah. turns his legs up in the air and kind of drives him down toward his head. Um, so that's something that used to be more common in rugby. They really eliminated it completely, and you'd only see it super dangerous, in a situation yeah. like that, yeah, where somebody's just trying to hurt somebody. It's like a WWE move, except right. you know these mats don't have springs. <laughs> exactly, yeah, they sure don't. Uh, as we found out the past couple of weeks, unfortunately, at Fort Quincy, um, you know, just talking about something that I saw, I saw Jesse get into a couple little spats with the, the Atlanta players. Listen, it's a physical game. I think they wanted to wind up the free jacks a little bit, and we can talk about that a little bit later on. I mean, it's really both sides of the ball because these teams do not like each other. They know that, you know, the free jacks knew that Atlanta would come in here and want to be physical. The free jacks have a, you know, physicality is one of the things that Coach um, Matthew talked to us about initially what, with what he wants to see in teams. So it was always going to be tanks colliding into each other with this game. So it's just, it's just, it's mm-hmm. a part of rugby. It's a physical game, but there's always this, uh, there's, We've got a couple guys that play on the edge, uh, right? And sometimes that's good, yeah. and sometimes it's bad. So, well, you know, we'll we'll highlight that a little bit later on. But let's get back to the actual highlights of the game here. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Peter Janssen uh, fell victim to the turf and had to be helped off the pitch with a apparent knee injury. Wishing him a speedy recovery of uh, recovery, of course. Dave, I know that you're a big fan of Peter and what he does on the pitch there. Yeah, I was really bummed to see this, um, and if you missed it in the game. Uh, you could be forgiven. It was one of those really weird injuries where it wasn't even a collision. Uh, he was chasing a loose ball on the deck, and an Atlanta player got to it. Peter adjusts his running line n- not that significantly, you know, just cuts a little bit and just just collapses. Uh, and, and and that's it. He seemed uh, he seemed very upset on the pitch when he was down he knew it um, right away with yeah you know gestured to his knee yeah he knew he knew he, he knew he was hurt and he seemed to know that it was you know not great yeah um which uh, was definitely a bummer i have a lot of respect for peter he's one of those guys who really is a is a grinder he plays year round um and you know brings brings just kind of a quiet uh, workman's attitude toward toward his rugby, I think that I really appreciate, and so I was uh, really disappointed to see that. So definitely wishing him a speedy recovery. Let's make sure that we talk about the depth uh, with the hooker position later on because I think it's going to be a long term injury. Unfortunately, hope that mm-hmm. is not the case, but I, you know, hey, uh, it seems to be that way. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. all right. Um, Atlanta's fullback Joaquin De La Vega Muerta, I believe, or Mardia. I'm Ron Burgundy uh, was <laughs> unsuccessful in two penalty kicks that were um, very close together time-wise, leaving the score 10 to zero in favor of the Jacks, but it was Atlanta's hooker, Marco um, Jansen von Rensburg, uh, Rensburg, excuse me, at the 32 minute mark, who finally crashed over for Atlanta's first points of the game. Conversion was good. 10 to seven, another yellow card for Atlanta for collapsing a mall as uh, New England was knocking on the door, but the opportunity did not strike gold, unfortunately, and that was basically the end of the first half. What were your overall first-half thoughts, David? Yeah, I was not as grateful for those two missed penalties as I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have, like I said, I had a couple of friends join me. I was very distracted. Um, 
socially, you know, just of course, I yeah. believe it or not, it's not hard to get me talking about the rules of rugby. <laughs> right. um, so, you know, doing a lot of animated explaining, missing mm-hmm. things. I had, you know, definitely moments where I'm positive. I'm like, wait, what? What just happened? Because it was a game where it mm-hmm. seemed like something was happening, you know, every few minutes, whether it was a penalty or a forward pass or, you know, a, a yellow card. Right. Um, so it, it was a very kind of frenetic first half that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually rewatched it twice. I always rewatch the games um, at least once. This one I rewatched twice. I still feel like I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because it was wow. just such a busy game. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, not as grateful for those two missed penalties as I should have been in retrospect because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were not terribly hard kicks. We're kind of fortunate they both got missed. If they both had been hit, we're talking about a very different outcome for this game. Yep. So that was a big moment, um, kind of a negative moment and that nothing happened, but it was an important nothing happening. Um, and then the end of the end of the half series of lineouts. You know, I know some people, Chris included, were really frustrated yes. that um, that resolved the way it did, where you had a penalty at a lineout mall, a quick tap, an offsides player generates another penalty. Um, you have a mall from that penalty; it's brought down intentionally. A player's, you know, a player is carded, mm-hmm. um, kick to touch. You have another lineout. You have another penalty. This time, taking the jumper mm-hmm. before he hits the ground. Um, George Selwood warned Atlanta that he, you know, he would, he would give them another card, um, which, you know, which means that if they had committed another, a fifth penalty, they would have gotten another card, um, immediately. I I would assume that he was just going to give a card for the next infraction period. Um, and then we, you know, we kind of muff our line out there off that penalty and the, the moment just dissolves and nothing really comes of it. Um, you know, penalty tries are for when a try would clearly have been scored if not for the penalty. So um, you don't you, there's a lot of situations where you just aren't going to see them. You know, a right. breakdown infraction or something is usually not going to generate a, a, a penalty try, things like that. So it's it's got a pretty high threshold to actually happen in a match, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, but I wasn't surprised there was no penalty try there, but um, it did. Uh, I don't even know that Selwood refereed it poorly necessarily because he gave him a card. He was about to give them another card. Um, it, it really just felt like Atlanta got away with one, though. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they they really sure. and we you know we're a team that plays to the edge as well. So that was an instance where they really played to the edge and maybe a little bit beyond. And they, you know, it worked for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a lot of gamesmanship in winding out that that first half would have been really nice to score there. Yes, mostly for mo- momentum mm-hmm. related reasons. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite a close. I remember as the players were heading in for the half, just thinking and joking with with my my friends like, man, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be some locker talk and we're yeah. going to have a banger of a second half here. It was just mm-hmm. so so hot players were clearly as you said going at it yeah really winding each other up on both teams um it was getting very physical there's a lot of stuff off the ball that's actually not caught on the broadcast a lot of guys Mm -hmm. just kind of rolling around on the ground after the ball has you know been taken out of the ruck just not letting go of each other um just all those all those things that drive you absolutely insane when you're trying to play rugby 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we, we've got the past on our sidelines and, you know, it, it just seems like there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of poking uh, on both sides, not just from us and not just from then. It, it was a, it was a mutual thing. And it just goes back to, like I said, these teams do not like each other. I think they, they mirror each other in some ways. And that probably, you know, they want to come in. Both of them was like, we're going to beat you up. No, we're going to beat you up. You know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, and that's exactly what I feel like played out is, you know, you got two heavyweights, just body blow, body blow, body blow, uh, and that sort of stuff. So, in terms of the officiating, as you were talking about, not at their best for sure. Um, I found myself actually yelling, which I generally don't do to the officials, but I always follow it up with a sir at the end. That's just rugby culture. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of boo, sir. You know, just, you know, right. for, for everybody out there that might not be rugby people, if you're at a game, you're more than welcome to, you know, um, provide your dissent, but make sure you're being respectful at the same time, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I, I did some yelling too, which is very uncharacteristic for yeah. me, but, uh, uh, I thought it was, it was interesting. I, I, I found on rewatching it that I was not as critical of Selwood overall. I think he communicates pretty well as a referee, actually. Um, his warnings are really clear and he usually he'll, he, he tries to let players know what he is thinking, whether he's right or wrong. He at least is explaining his thinking really uh, perspicuously. You know, he doesn't use a lot of words, but he tells them um, very clearly why he called what he called, which is useful as a mm -hmm. player. Oh, you yeah. at least you at least are getting some insight into his thought process. So that was good. Um, you know, he he had he he had some calls that I thought were um not great, but he also made some difficult calls. And for the most part, I, th I think he uh, was correct. It was more game management and, and, you know, keeping the temperature low that I mm -hmm. thought was a little bit tough um, and, and didn't go as well as it could have. But I also know that that is really challenging when you have oh, two yeah. teams who are as hot as these two teams were. Um, I mean, it looked a lot like, look, think about our New York game. Um, right. You know, the, I'm thinking of the first New York game this season yep. where the breakdowns were just a brawl. Yeah. I mean, it got to the point where it was just, you know, it was like 19th century rugby when it was just every yep. school had their own rules and you just showed up and it was like, all right, we're going to shove this ball down your throat. And like, there's not really much to it other than that. Let's go. Yep. Um, and so it just, you know, when tempers are, are high, it's it's difficult to referee, but it's even more important too to maintain the safety of the game. So no doubt, um, no doubt. While Selwood wasn't perfect, I think we also should remember that uh, it's really really hard to referee. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to do it. I'll and on, so, on my second view, I guess my point that I start from what I started with was on my second viewing and you know third viewing, um, I was a little bit softer on him than I was live, and I thought that was interesting. That I think being there really the immediacy of the action and and just you know the energy of the crowd really feeds into um, uh, thinking everything should break for your side. I know there were a few times where I was right. mad um, in the crowd uh, that you know watching it watching the tape back, I was like, oh no, yep, okay, I, yeah, that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, with with being in the crowd, we're always going to think that the calls are, are not going our way. And they probably are probably about 50-50 sometimes. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just want to bring up that a lot of people had online and at the game were not 
very fond of the officiating, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, Let's get into the second half here. Uh, The yellow card frenzy continued in the second half with Slade McDowell, a.k.a. Slade Wilson, seeing a mustard for a head-to-head tackle that really looked like a shoulder-to-shoulder as much as a head-to-head on the replay when I saw the highlights um, after the game. Captain Josh Larson also got in the mix with an apparent elbow to the head of an Atlanta player. I believe that's what it was. I mean, it doesn't show it on the highlights, but I remember in the game, the referee was like doing this motion right here or the AR was. So I think it was one of those foul play situations. That was not. Yeah. So the Slade yellow, that, that was what I was thinking of when I said like I was mad at the match, but on the replay, Mm -hmm. I think the top of Slade's head hits the jaw of the Atlanta player. Um, so the, the shoulder is at the shoulder, but the problem is that, you know, it's at the shoulder and like right here, you know, his, mm-hmm. with his head coming up, um, and hitting him from underneath a little bit, gotcha. uh, they did only give him a yellow, um, you know, if, because the initial contact was shoulder to shoulder, it was just shoulder to shoulder and head to head at the same time, basically, but he hit with his shoulder first. Mm-hmm. So he only got a yellow. If they had thought that the head contact came first, then Slade would have had a red. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I actually, like I said, at the match, I was super mad because you can see that he's at shoulder height. But on the replay, if you watch the Atlanta player's head snaps and it's, I, you know, I, your, yep. your head just doesn't snap like that unless you get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty clear evidence to me. Uh, the Josh Larson yellow card, I have no idea. It's not on the broadcast. I didn't see anything live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely an elbow. You're right. And I think yeah. that the AR called it. The AR right. said that he saw foul play. So it's, he's the one who's explaining, oh, yeah, it's an elbow. They said it was to the upper chest. So, mm-hmm. again, if they'd said it was the head, it would have been uh, red. Card. red. Yeah. So the the way that ha- played out was just the AR told, told Selwood that he – saw foul play Selwood asked the TMO to review it the TMO didn't see anything so they just went with the AR's description of what happened which was that Larson elbowed a guy in the chest off the ball so they gave him a card for it I love after the referee's explanation of what's happening and he shows Larson the yellow card Larson goes what me (laughs) yeah it's it's good it's good and the ref says like that's what was reported you know that's the phrase he uses that tells him that like look you know I'm not even the one you should be like, I'm not even the one who, who saw this, yes. said it, you know, I was told I'm, I'm just the one with the cards in my pocket, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of cards thrown around. I think it was five in total is what I, I heard. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's quite a bit for a rugby match. No doubt about it. Um, let's see here. Um, I did mention a lot of physicality in this game from both sides, but also a lack of discipline shown on the pitch. You know, uh, people getting under each other's skin, you know, losing their cool mm-hmm. a little bit here. Thankfully, New uh, New England's defense was stout throughout the game and was uh, when the game was on the line, the Jacks got that cushion that they needed with quick hand passes out to the edge and timely offloads um, uh, from Mills, who was uh, came on injured for Peter Janssen, um, and who passed it out to Slade McDowell. Um, who sealed the deal in the corner. Conversion is no good, unfortunately. 15-7 to with five minutes left. A scary moment, though, again this week with, I believe, Will Leonard um, having to be taken off the pitch in a stretcher. Um, that's that's multiple times at Fort Quincy that this has happened, unfortunately, with the opposition team. Hoping he's going to be okay, though. Scary moment for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see uh, how he is. Um 
obviously wish nothing but the best for him. We don't really get, I say we, we'll see how he is, but we don't really get information. Right. Um, you know, all we can fall do is kind of pay attention to rosters and see if he shows back up. Mm-hmm. There's no injury reporting system or anything in the league. Which um, needs but, to change. You know, yeah. Every other major league in the United States has an injury list. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we've talked about it a little on the show. The Free yeah. Jacks even tried to do it at the beginning of the season, but yeah. it's a competitive disadvantage if you right. are doing it and no one else is because yep. you're just giving other teams more information than you're getting back. Um, so, uh, I, I would love to see that, you know, that's probably at the top of my wish list for, you know, next, mm-hmm. next season, 2023. Um, there were a couple more, you know, shake your fist at George Selwood moments toward the end. There was a high tackle where ball Balcon- ball was like getting choked basically. Um, that was missed. I know a lot of people were, were pretty upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was right around where Larson got. Uh, yes. yellow carded so everybody kind of thought they were stopping mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah it looked like they were stopping for, so that atlanta would get punished right. which can create a false expectation in people's minds that yes. like oh well, if i saw it on a replay then somebody's gonna get punished <laughs> right um you know but it did look like they were holding him up by his head it was a penalty at least you know very something. dangerous play there um, yeah for sure yeah it w- if a guy kind of slides down and it's all slow and controlled and you and you can end up in that situation as long as you let him go it's fine, but it looked a little bit more than that, um, yeah. at least penalty worthy. Um, and then Waka got a shoulder straight up shoulder charge um, on that offside. The try that got called back for mm-hmm. ball kind of being offsides on the kick chase. Um, Waka just got popped. He even asked the ref, are you going to go look at that? And the ref's like, no, no. No. So yeah, the the Slade try at the end was great. Um, Mills on a big run to set yeah. it up. Uh, so it was it was good to see. I agree. Um, so Atlanta was able to snatch a losing bonus point at the death due to a penalty kick. Um, and ultimately the win though goes to their boys in the red, white, and blue. That's 10 in a row and still undefeated at Fort Quincy in our entire history. Overall match thoughts, Dave, real quick. Um it was like a playoff game like you said yeah. uh these guys really want to be the first team to beat us in uh quincy we'll see if they manage it ever not this season i don't think but uh yeah. you know they were here to they were here to game um they definitely brought the heat uh and overall you know the free jacks were just targeting their composure i'd be really curious if it was a coached thing uh, mm-hmm. because it was so consistent and from players you don't usually in my mind see it from like Vian Conradi, you know, and guys who who just kind of everybody it was like all in on pissing off Atlanta. Like yes. everybody, everybody do something to make someone mad. Um so uh it it worked in the end. They Atlanta didn't have their composure. Um the problem is that you know that's a little bit playing with fire. I think we that's lost right. some I think we lost some composure as well. It's a um, double edged sword. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it made for an interesting match um it was certainly it was certainly spicy yeah absolutely it looked like a playoff game on the pitch and it felt like one off of the pitch i will say that section five once again was rocking i uh, also wanted to point out that um uh, wilsey was on the mic at certain points when the team needed everybody to fill in and Mm -hmm. when that did take place it seemed like it got really really loud not just in section five but everywhere which is nice to see 
Um, the, we got a drum finally. So there's a guy that comes to the, the games now with a drum and I believe a trumpet as well, but I think he's in section two. So finally, uh, um, okay. <laughs> Joshua commandeered the drum <laughs> and brought it over to section five and was just banging that bad boy. Classic Joshua. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wearing the, uh, the, the Jason mask as well, which looks fantastic. I'm sure on TV. Um, let's move over to musket sized pants hit because we were running out of time in this segment. Um, I wanted to point out that there's no stars on this Atlanta team. The only one they kind of had was USA Eagle Chance Winslewski, but now he plays for New Jersey. What they do have a lot of, as you were saying, is cave trolls, I believe was the, the, words, the words that you <laughs> yeah, used. that is one, correct. One of these cave trolls did score a try on Friday, so I'll give that award to Marco Janice Van Reensburg, that which is a mouthful, but he is 30 years old from South Africa. He's five foot 11 and a half inches uh, and 240 pounds. That half definitely counts. Uh, he has 50 caps for Pumas in the Curry Cup, so you know he's a pretty good rugby player. Um, you know, you can pick anybody from that four pack and say that they're worthy of the musket size pants tent uh, because they're just really, really good at what they do. And what they do is punish people. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Van yeah. Ronsberg is just a really, really solid hooker. And um, he definitely uh, brings it. He's one of the top try scorers in the league. Mm-hmm. He scores very frequently off of line out malls for Atlanta. Yeah. Um, he's 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 the real deal. He's similar to Dylan Fawcett in that way with scoring. Yes. That way. Okay. Um, MVP, I'll let you go first. This was really hard. I almost still can't decide. I actually wrote down two MVPs, but I think I'm going to go with Vian Conradi. Um, he got that really early try um, that ended up being super critical. It was a low scoring game. And for me, he did the best job of striking the balance um in the nuisance role for the from the back row he's the only starting back row player who did not eat a yellow card um he bothered atlanta he scored but he showed he showed composure and um you know his typical physical play that he always brings so i'm going with fian conradi uh i'm going to guess that your your other choice there was uh slade mcdowell uh slade played a great game but he was yeah. not my other choice wayne oh. vanderbank was the okay. other guy i had written down um, a fantastic he had some, he had, addition he had, yeah. yeah he had a good game a couple good steals um just good good steady work and then uh uh he also kicked a little bit which i like to see all right so my storm along mvp uh, i went back and forth on this but it was between slave mcdowell and conradi both of them in the pack uh, who held their own against a very physical Atlanta side, both of which scored a try on Friday. And I know that I've given a, my Stormalong MVP award to Slade this year. So this week, I'm going to give it to the ultimate warrior, Wien Conradi. So Clean uh, we, sweep from Mr. Clean, Conradi. Yeah, yep. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Man, when you see him in person, boy, he is, he is, he's the incredible Hulk out there. You know what I yeah. mean? Not just yeah. the ultimate warrior. It's crazy how big he is. What is this man eating? Jesus. All right. Children, rocks. Yeah, whatever. Anything not nailed down. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yep. Uh, broken glass. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's going to – any fi- final thoughts before we jump off of this segment and go on to the next one? Uh, I love the fireworks. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed the Friday night thing. Um, the hooker depth that you mentioned, you know, Mills Mills did a tremendous job. He could have been on the, on those MVP lists yes. that you and I both made. He did a really good job. It's tough to come in and fill in 
um, that much time off the bench, just, you know, kind of psychologically, I don't know, maybe he'd tell me I'm an idiot, but I, th- I think it's, I think it's tough. You're just in a, in a mindset as a reserve where you're ready to come on, but you're, you know, usually used much later. And he came in and was really steady, played very well. Um, and so I think we have him available as our starting hooker. We're going to see him there. I would expect, um, he's definitely the caliber that you need, uh, for a starter. I'm really confident with him. And then I would, um, assume that Foster DeWitt is behind him at hooker. Foster, of course, is a hybrid front row player, so he plays um, loose head, prop, and hooker as well. So we got some intel on Foster. Positions. He also oh, yeah? um, was very good as a flanker uh, in, in in his previous years. So I believe um, that he's a big boy. You know, I could see him at, there at, at a seven, smashing people, sure. and uh, you know, give him, put him out on the wing, give him the ball, and let him run. And I know over. that he's been, you know. Um, having some injuries the past couple of weeks. That's why I haven't seen him in the 22 oh, okay. in the 23, but um, I think he should be in the lineup this week. Uh, yeah, I would expect so. it. All right. Um, yeah, I think that was it. You know, in terms of hunker depth, I feel good at the position. You know, it's, it's a shame to, to not have Peter. and We're assuming that that's going to be a long-term thing there. But, yeah, you got to feel good about the depth with the Free Jacks uh, going forward. And, yeah, that's all that I really have on this particular segment. So, everybody at home, make sure you're saying it as well, wherever you are, library, you know, wherever. Just, just shout it out. On, in, on the bus, wherever. There you go. Exactly. On the T. In three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah Rangers, this is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Ranger Show. I'm doing as always with Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you this time around? Uh, you know, just one sweaty Yeti yeah. here in beautiful Woburn. Um, <laughs> living the dream. No, I'm good. It's been a, it was a nice weekend. And looking forward to uh, the match this weekend. Kind of feels weird to have an away match coming up. We're starting to get spoiled for home matches late in the season. It does. Yes, it is super, super humid here in Manchester, New Hampshire right now. I am sweating as well. I will tell you that uh, I'm sure a lot of people know this at this point because I keep talking about it is I will be at this game. It is our last away game. Uh, Caitlin and I chose this one as our away game to go to. That's a big one, I guess. We, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we plan on going to every New Jersey game that's down there. But, um, uh, you know, we chose Toronto because we've never been there before. Been to a couple places uh, elsewhere in Canada, but just not there specifically. So super excited about this game. I'm a little concerned, but of course you always are a little concerned when the Free Jacks go on the road, even though they have shown us that they can win games on the road this year. Um, And we'll get more into it in just a moment, but I just want to let everybody know that I will be at the game. And the name of this episode, episode 41, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider, is the Lone Ranger for that uh, reason. I think I'm I'm going to be the only Free Jacks fan there, of course, uh, up in Toronto, so... All right. Uh, Toronto finds themselves in fourth spot in the Eastern Conference standings with 35 points. They are on the outside looking in with regard to the playoffs. They have not been mathematically eliminated, I believe, at this point, but they will need help if they were to sneak into the playoffs. So it's out of their control, unfortunately. Um, I've I expected this team to be better than the results have shown. I figured, you know, with them being down in Atlanta the entire year last year due to COVID, what a sad story that was for them. They go back to uh, the great white North. I figured they would just have a better season overall. Um, It hasn't played out that way. Unfortunately, Um, I expected Atlanta to be the one on the outside looking in instead of Toronto. But right now that is just not the case. It seems a little foolish at this point to have made that prediction in the preseason, but at the same time, that's what preseason, you know, predictions are all about. It's really 
gut feeling. Um, so seven wins and six losses with 323 points for and the points against 288, which is a point differential of 35. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but not bad, but they just played Dallas, uh, who is doing their best doormat impersonation this year, uh, unfortunately, in their first year. Um, after that tune-up game against Dallas and a home game in the Great White North, Toronto, I'm sure, will be feeling very good about themselves before kickoff. One thing that has hurt Toronto this year has been injuries. I think they were even ready to try out our pal Brian Ray from America's Rugby News at Scrum Half <laughs> this year. Um, the Jacks just came off a very physical battle with Atlanta, and they have a short turnaround and travel to concern themselves with. Dave, what do you make of this Toronto squad? Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it. They, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, I, too, expected them to be a, a little bit better. Um they've only lost i mean they've only won one less match than atlanta you know the the results haven't been terrible they've just really struggled with consistency Mm -hmm. um and and they've looked different week to week a lot of the times throughout the course of the season um it's been one of those who's going to turn up situations a little bit whereas the teams above them you know if you look at obviously us new york and Atlanta, you know, those are teams who've turned up every week, yes. right? Like they haven't, they haven't, they haven't posted any stinkers, um, performance-wise, uh, and that's really what separates the top of the table from the bottom of the table, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that means is that if the yeah, challenging Toronto team that's in there hiding, you know, shows up this weekend right. in front of their home fans. Uh, it could really be a tough game for New England coming off of a very physical battle with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe the Friday night will help a little bit. One, 12 extra hours of rest before mm-hmm. the away game. Um, we'll see. Uh, it should be it should be a good game though. I'm kind of jealous. I haven't been to Toronto either, uh, so I, I, I'm very curious to hear your review, what you think of their stadium and uh, the overall experience. Because I could definitely see myself uh, making the trip up next year with the family. I've heard good things at the new stadium that they're at, um, so I'm excited to, to get in there and see how it is. I'm really curious to see what the atmosphere is like there because yeah. we're so used to Fort Quincy, like, raising all kind of hell, especially in Section 5, of course, where the Rowdy Boys are. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what, what it's like uh, because we've been to New, to New Jersey, of course, and, and we've seen that that place is generally just a morgue. Um, probably <laughs> not selling alcohol has a lot to do with that, but at the same time, it's just it is what it is. It, let's, let's be frank, it's it's kind of a morgue unless we're screaming our head off. They're silent uh, over there. So just kind of curious if that's the same case or whatever. But at the same time, I, I understand that I'm going to be outnumbered by quite a bit. So I should probably not yell as much as I normally would. <laughs> um, just general practice. I know that Canadians are very nice people. So um, let's see here. You know, I, I feel like. You know, we've got three games left, and we generally, when we're in these previews, we're very team-specific to who we're facing against uh, at that time. But if we had to lose a game between now and the end of the regular season, do you feel like it's this one, or is it NOLA at home, which I think they don't? their roster is not comparable to ours. Now, New York is going to put up a problem at home because of the additions that they've made, the rivalry being what it is, and they want to get one over on us for sure. I Is it this away game that we slip up, do you think, out of the three? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a banana peel. Um, 
I think that honestly, I think if we were going to slip up, it it was going to be this past game with Atlanta. Um, I know my buddy Wes talked about that being kind of the basically your question: what's the what's the ideal game to lose to light a fire? Yeah, you know, um, do we do we need to lose a game? I think I think rather than lose, maybe we win this by this isn't my score prediction, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe we win by one, right? Um, it's really close and it's a, it's a gut check for the guys. Um, you know, but in that, that can be useful. That can be galvanizing. Not that we want the streak to end, but, um, it can light a fire. Like I said, and remind the players that, um, you know, anyone, even humble Toronto, could be the team to take one, <laughs> right. take one off them. Uh, it's there's a little bit of a parallel, you know, when Roman generals would return triumphantly um, to Rome and have a have a triumph, you know, an, a, a formal parade through the city, mm-hmm. um, these legendary parades and parties. Uh, the uh, general would be dressed up as Jupiter. They would they would uh, there's a term for it but i forget but uh the person would you know iconically take on the persona of you know the head of the roman pantheon hmm. and um you know the giving credit to jupiter for the the victory and the success and also making it sort of a religious triumph as well hmm. and uh, but that presents some challenges you know theologically right. you're impersonating a god that's you know the greeks would label it hubris right yes so a a a person, a, a slave, would stand next to the general and whisper in their ear throughout the triumph, "You are mortal. You oh. are mortal." Right to keep yeah. the general from yeah. you know Getting swelling their head and really yes. thinking maybe I am as powerful as the gods. Right. So you know that really is what we're talking about. Uh, when we talk about a best game to lose, right? That little whisper to remind them to keep their ego in check. Not that we've seen anything to suggest that they need this, right? Right. Like we're not criticizing the the team leadership. Uh, More just talking about kind of the the rest of the season and what these things mean. Um, But yeah, that that can be useful as well. you know, I think it's scarier to fight a team uh, that's coming off of a narrow loss than it is to play a team that's coming off of a big win. Yes, uh, I think that the the you know the person or, or the rat with their back against the wall is the the one who's you know most dangerous. So mm-hmm. we really could see Toronto looking at this match and saying, you know, this is one of our last chances mm-hmm. to create something to hang our hat on right for this season and nola is going to come in with the same attitude if we beat toronto mm-hmm. you know we're going to see nola saying the same thing coming in we've talked about it before and yes. even against toronto and nola there are no more easy games for yep. these new england free jacks um you know i probably there never were any and we just have you know hindsight and we can sip our tea and say oh yeah we beat the bag out of them we we, that was just you know that was a gimme um these guys have been scrapping for every one of them but uh it's it's getting harder the pressure is intensifying um and that crucible is going to apply to our opponents and us as well um 
Yeah, I think uh, Spider told me this a couple of weeks back uh, at this point. He had said there's no easy outs in MLR. And I, I would just add to that, you know, other than Dallas, he's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least in the East. Right. Yeah, there's exactly. no easy, there's there's no no easy, easy outs. outs. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fair to say. I mean, and, and of course, there's these these elements that we're talking about that are that are um, subplots. It's like everybody wants to beat the Free Jacks. The Free Jacks are clearly the best team in the league with the 10 wins in a row and all of this stuff. We're no longer underdogs. We're this big, bad machine that's rolling in and beating teams left and right and, and leaving them for dead and all of those stuff, uh, which is more hype than reality to a, to a certain extent. But, um, you know, it's, it's true. Every team wants to to beat us um and it, toronto is going to have a good shot to do this now i'm sure toronto is aware of this they need to be getting they need to win all three games and get bonus points in every single one to give themselves a chance obviously other teams will need to lose like um new york and maybe atlanta too um the rest of the way probably for toronto to even try to get back into this thing but there's still a possibility and when there's possibilities um you know, these things become, you know, stuff that they rally behind and stuff like that. So we'll see, you know, they'll have their crowd behind them. They'll have the free jacks traveling to, to Toronto. Um, it's not a huge trip by any means. It's less than two hours by plane. Um, so it, it's not like a cross country trip or anything like that, but um I think that we're going to win, but I'm a little nervous and I'm more nervous because like, God, I'm going to go up there and, and uh, I have to come back and geez, if we get our butts kicked, boy, that's going to not be fun. You know, uh, that's, that's in the back of my mind as well. So with that being said, uh, let's get into key to the game. Uh, for me, it's really, I, I was kind of torn between two different things here. One of them being um, discipline. Uh, as a, a key to the game and the other one is line outs because the line out misfired a little bit uh in the previous game it's kind of been an issue all season long if you listen to certain people uh on the internet there have been games where it was pretty dang good um but most of the time it hasn't been fantastic with the attacking lineouts that they try to do inside an opponent's 22 um so but i'm going to go with increased discipline and now this isn't a very like you know, outside of the box type of key to the game that I normally present to people. It's just increased discipline. I don't really know how to say that. I could have gone with like cooler heads prevail or whatever, but that doesn't really seem to be a great thing to do. So I'm just, I'm going to hit the nail on the head and say increased discipline because you can't have three yellow cards and all of this, you know, penalty after penalty, penalty, especially when you're on the road with a team that wants to play up to you and needs to beat you with any possibility to reach the playoffs. What about you? Yeah, mine very similar. I said, clean it up. <laughs> there uh, you go. Cut the penalties down a little bit. Play a little bit more in control. Um, and we don't want to lose the edge. It's com- it helps us compete with teams. It's you know part of the characteristic of these yes. New England Free Jacks is the physicality and um, the grit that they bring. Right. Yeah. So I just let's just dial the mongrel. From I feel like it was at eleven. It was like at an eleven against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, I, uh, you know, I saw a few comments on the old uh, social media about, you know, even from a couple Free Jacks fans saying like, "This seems a little much." You know, there's a lot of like head rubbing and just mm-hmm. the the stuff that's mm-hmm. not just physical, but you know, after the physical is done, insulting, right? Right. Um, so I would say dial it from an eleven down to an eight. 
Like we still want to play hard and the way we play is going to give up penalties. Um, You know, we haven't really harped on penalty count a lot this season for that reason. You know, when we have had high penalty games, we've talked about, you know, the way we play is just, um, you know, the focus on the breakdown and competing and slowing down every single ball that we can means that sometimes you're going to go too far in the referee's eyes. Um, So we don't, we don't expect zero penalties, but there's got to be, there should be fewer. um, And in particular, if we we spent half of the second half last week with one of our guys in the bin, you know, as soon as we got one back, another one left. So um, really tough to win games when you're in that position. Absolutely. So. The reason we haven't discussed discipline other than this this uh, most recent review that we just did for the Atlanta game is because we has a lost games, right? Yeah, um, that's true. You know, we everything really need to harp on it when yeah, you're winning. Exactly. Everything looks better when you're winning, but when you're losing, people start identifying the problems um, more clearly and more louder, I guess. Um, yeah. So, in terms of prediction, I'll let you go first on this. Yeah, um, I don't know. Predictions are always tough. I don't think Toronto is gonna bust it out against us. Um, uh, maybe they'll have a little bit of a fifty-seven point hangover. So uh, I'm predicting twenty-six to fourteen, New England Free Jacks coming out on top. All right, I have got New Toronto twenty-one, New England twenty-eight. So I'm expecting, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a try and a conversion difference between the two teams, and maybe I'm giving Toronto a little bit too much credit. Um, but you know, again, there's no easy outs in the Eastern Conference, um, and we're playing away, and we just had a, a very physical battle with um, Atlanta. So we'll see how it shakes out. I'm really hoping that the Free Jacks win this one, uh, just for the selfish reasons of I, I'm going up to Toronto, uh, and I don't want to come back uh, upset with my head uh, in my hands ultimately. Um, so yeah. Uh, I did want to get to this at some point, I guess the no better time than the present with the expectations that I put out there saying, and this was me specifically me saying, get your ass to the playoffs. That's the minimum expectation. If we go into the playoffs, David, um, and we lay an egg or not even lay an egg, let's say we just lose the first game that we play, right? That could be the conference finals. Is it a successful season in your eyes? Um. I'd say yeah. I mean, I'm not on. I'm not on the staff. I'm not a player. I don't have to. I don't have to have the bar set at the championship. You know, right. I would love to win a championship, right. um, but I think the season these guys have put together already is really fantastic mm-hmm. and is something that they should be proud of. Yeah. Um, I would be, you know, uh, upset and disappointed, you know, as much for the team as for myself. If that were to happen, um, if they were to uh, lose their first game mm-hmm. um, and not advance any farther than that. But um, you, you got to play them. You know, we can't take anything. I mean, we just talked about how we can't take Toronto and NOLA for granted mm-hmm. in the regular season. That's right. um, and th- when you're talking about playoff rugby, anything is possible and weird stuff happens. Um, I have, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. So, you know, I play a lot of, I play a lot of games that involve rolling dice. And um, one thing, you know, people get, people get bent out of shape when, you know, things that are, you know, unlikely quote unquote happen. And I, the thing I always say is, you know, the, the weird thing about probability is that like, it's unlikely that nothing unlikely will happen right like it's weird stuff happens uh, yeah. and, and it's 
you never really know. You got to play the games. Um, and uh, we'll see what where everything shakes out. I don't know. It's kind of a weird answer, I realize. But I, I think it would be a successful season. They, they've set records already for win streaks. Um, we've had some really, really incredible wins. You know, the, the win over Austin still stands out to me with the, you know, radical roster changes and just 4D space chess coaching that was going on. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I've been really impressed by this season so far. And if that's the benchmark, you know, that you use for has it been a successful season? Um, have I been impressed and had an amazing time on the ride so far, mm -hmm. then absolutely. It's been yes. an enormous success. And I mean, the same goes for my family and my friends who've been coming to matches. Yes. Um, you know, this is probably not the correct place to do it in the Toronto preview, but I wanted to throw <laughs> that question out there at some point because we're getting closer. We, we know that we're playoff bound. We don't know exactly. I think we're getting closer to that number one seed. I don't think that's a, a done deal yet, but um, you know, as this, Free Jacks team has continued to win. It seems like a lot of people are like, well, let, let's go ahead and mark that date for the championship. You know, it's just like, <laughs> eh, I, I don't want to do that yet. You know, we talked about, you know, not counting our chickens before they hatch and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it definitely, we need to have that approach. And, and I will say it right point blank right now. I, if I will be very sad if they get bounced out of the playoffs in the first round or don't make it to the championship, whatever takes place. Right. But ultimately, if the minimum expectations get to the playoffs, then you've met those expectations. Um, and then it's just like hoping for better things next year. But I won't be furious or anything like that. Um, and I won't it, – it'll, it, it's not going to break my heart necessarily either. I'll be sad. But, you know, people that are like, well, it's a shoo-in for the, you know, the championship game, I don't think so. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I would advise fans to temper their expectations a little bit. Yeah. And that has saying that has nothing to do with like the team or the schedule or the playoff mm -hmm. picture and just everything to do with, I guess, my arrogant thinking that I should tell people how to be fans. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But just, you know, uh, enjoy what we've got. Mm -hmm. Live live in the moment. Right. Like. Yeah. You know, uh, we've got an amazing season so far, and it's fun to look forward and be like, yeah, championship match. It's going to be <laughs> rocking. We're going to get, yeah. you know, going to fill in the harbor and we'll get the entire city there, you know, just and begin building it up in, in, in your head. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fun. I mean, do it if you really want. But there's a lot of rugby between now and then let sure. yet to be played. Um, yeah. And so I can guarantee that the team is focused on that. And, you know, they're not talking about any kind of championship. Oh, yeah. The, the, team, the team is definitely taking one game at a time. I believe that in my heart. I mean, we, we know, we've seen a little bit uh, a peek into the organization. I truly believe that. They're not getting ahead of themselves. It's the fans' responsibility as fanatics to get excited. And I'm not saying don't be excited or anything like that, but just, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, guys. we still got a ways to go. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. It's hot as hell at this point in this room, David. So uh, I've got one word for everybody at home. Make sure you're saying it, kids. And three, two, one huzzah. huzzah Woo! huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks ranger show i'm joined by my buddy here david lawrence from the scrum of the earth broadcast david how the hell are you i'm doing great phil how are you it's been a long time since we chatted or it seems that way I'm, I'm great man i'm looking like a hillbilly from the lost boys movie right here look at this <laughs> <laughs> 
hillbilly half vampire. I love it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm one of Holden Younger's um uh vampire sires or something. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, bunch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so let's uh you know, it has been a while. So um, on your show, which we'll, we'll certainly get into, I've been on there, I think, six times at this point. That's right. A record mm-hmm. record setting six times. Um, yeah. And, and we've had you on here once. I wanted to get you on here again. And, and now it's happening. Um, so for the Rangers out there that may have missed your last appearance on the show, give us a rundown of your personal and rugby background, please. Oh, sure. Uh, so playing wise, my rugby background is absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. Never even picked up the ball. Well, I've picked up the ball that I bought. That's about yeah. it. My son uses it as a as a footrest while he's having dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, so my sort of introductions it, way back, you know, a thousand years ago in high school, mm-hmm. my then best friend. He, he, there's a there's a program called the AFS, the American Field Service, where you can um, go do interesting things all over the world. And he he did this spelunking program in New Zealand, of mm-hmm. all places. And he came back wearing a swan dry, telling me this is the best garment you'll ever need. And he said, there's only one good sport in the world, and it's called rugby. And there's only one good team in the world, and they're called the New Zealand All Blacks. So, you know, I tried to watch, but there's nothing available. It's just not on. Like if you come home from a bar at 2 a.m. and you put on ESPN 5, there might be a random thing. And But, of course, that the audience is sophisticated listeners and viewers who have who know the game so nobody's explaining what i'm watching and right. uh, it, it, it was always this esoteric indecipherable thing um i remember the first time i finally caught a rugby game and i was like oh let's see what this is about and you see the people in the audience holding up the signs and say try i was like try don't you mean kill them don't you mean get them don't you mean <laughs> right. dominate like come on yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so it wasn't until um so i think it was 2015 amazon came out with their uh all or nothing special that that miniseries about the all blacks Mm -hmm. so i was very excited every rugby fan i know has reviled that entire series and they said it's terrible it's just it's embarrassingly bad no no for me it was the gateway because i just didn't know those things i didn't know you know you don't Mm -hmm. get a number as a player you don't have a number you have the number that you're playing that day that's right changes and it's a privilege to get that number on a given you know match day Mm -hmm. all those little tiny things that are just different from any american sports it was a perfect introduction for me uh i was lucky enough to be working at the time with a woman who's actually in the u.s eagles hall of fame she played in the first two rugby world cups she scored tries in both of them wow She's a mad genius, and uh, I'm so lucky to just know her. So as soon as I discovered that she played rugby, I just started pestering the crap out of her. Just, oh, but by the way, what's the? Did they run plays? Did they? What you know? What's this? What's that? And uh, she was good enough to humor me and bring me along. Uh, I'm hoping that now that we've clinched a playoff spot, my wife's actually going to be out of town on June 10th and 11th. Which means, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have a game, I think probably in Quincy, and mm-hmm. she's agreed, if it happens, to come along. And that'll be her first time seeing the Free Jacks. And, oh, boy. Wow. Now, this last part, David, I, I was unaware of this, that you had a, a friend of yours that you mm-hmm. work with that is a USA Eagle. That is incredible. I, I was not aware of that. That's I haven't wild. mentioned her name on okay. the pod because she hasn't given me permission sure, to do sure. so. I've sort of been poking at her saying, come on the pod, let's get your voice on there, let's right. interview you. But she, she's not that interested, you know, she's retired. She, she wants sure. to, 
anyway, she's got other things going on. I'm still sure. hoping yeah. there's a chance. Maybe if she comes to the Free Jacks game in June, yeah. she'll say, okay, this is something worth talking about. Who knows? That's awesome. Love that. Um, so let's go ahead and have you plug your show and your social medias, please. Oh, absolutely. So I do a podcast called The Scrum of the Earth. I do a weekly podcast. Um, I also add <laughs> six million bonus episodes, including six with Bill yourself. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, this coming weekend is going to be episode 43. And since wow. it's weekly, obviously that's going to leave me nine weeks away from my, I know you had your own first anniversary recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm about to be nine weeks away from my own anniversary, but the actual uh, episode count is like 89, maybe 90. <laughs> right, right. There's literally more bonus episodes than there yes. are actual episodes and stuff. Um, but it's been so much fun. And the best, one of the great things about rugby is people who are in rugby want to talk about rugby mm-hmm. and uh, there so many people have been so generous with their time just a wide range of people um you can find me uh, on twitter of course i'm at of scrum i'm on instagram mm-hmm. at the scrum of the earth podcast and of course i just have the old gmail account if you want to do it the old-fashioned way the scrum of the earth at gmail.com always works and i'm always happy to hear from people it's great absolutely so you're a free jack super fan i think it's fair to say that at this point but I your podcast not only covers the free jacks but also global rugby uh, and as we're looking here um, at your background we've got the highlanders we've got the uh, the free jacks and uh looks like scotland uh, yeah, the flag of scotland. Thing. yeah basically uh Except for the free jack stuff, anything discount is what I can get. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but yes, uh, I don't know if this is going to be on video or not, but I've got, yeah. of course, my, of course, my founding member three pins for all three seasons. Very good. My very, good. Scarf, very proud of this stuff. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and it looks fantastic on you. That, uh, that, I, that Ireland heritage Jersey, the Irish heritage Jersey is a sneaky, really good Jersey by the free jacks. I love it. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, you know, th- this weekend, my best friend Amy joined me at the match for the first time. It was her first in-person rugby match. And uh, and she agreed with me, like, alternative jerseys are okay if they wear them at some point. If they just right. say, okay, we're just going to sell you this thing, but yes. you're never going to see a player wearing it. Right. Ah, but this, you know, that that home opener, all the players looking really sharp in the shining green. It was great. I just got confirmation today because a lot of the clubs in MLR are releasing their city jerseys. I don't know if you've seen I this. Uh, and I was asking, oh, I didn't really ask. I just happened to um, tag them in it. Um, I was like, uh, you know, the free, I don't know if the free Jacks are going to do a city edition, but it, even if they don't, they still have the best jerseys in the league regardless. And they replied saying that their version of the city Jersey is the Irish heritage kit, which oh, is okay. fantastic. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and me if too. they were going to do a city background, I honestly would, would have prayed that they would own Quincy the way yes. they've been doing it all year. Like, yes, we're near Boston. Right. That's okay. We're not a Boston team though. Mm-hmm. We're in Quincy. They love it there. It's, it's our home. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that we're not one of those teams saying, Oh, we're the, Boston Free Jacks, you know, I really right, like right. that. Just yeah, one yeah, more yeah. honesty our club's got. For sure. Yep. Again, best organization in the league. And right now, currently the best team in the league. So that's always good. Um, before we get too far into Free Jacks specific things, I did want to promote Storm Along Unfiltered. You guys can get this get us at all of the remaining home games for $5 a piece. They're absolutely delicious. If you like apple juice, you'll love unfiltered. Trust me on that. (laughs) Great. My son's listening right now. Okay. (laughs) Not for you, pal. Um, Give it a couple of years. Um, We've had uh, free Jacks players. So you've Uh, had, sorry, sorry. uh, I just wanted to quickly jump in. Uh, I apologize Uh for interrupting because I know you've got your, your schedule, but um, so 
a few weeks ago, I got to talk to, I, I called it my menage a pod, where I got to talk to uh, John Anderson and Craig Manson from the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast mm-hmm. at the same time. And it, it instantly became my most listened to podcast. And one of the things I have done for them at the beginning is find a sort of location specific poem, just a quick little thing thrown okay. out there, just out of, out of respect for you hosting me here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went looking and I found some cool things about the Carolinas. Oh, I love it. I, fa- I found one that I thought you might get a kick out of. Let's hear uh, it. This, this isn't the whole thing, but it, it's the, the nice sort of ending of it. It's by okay. a named James Applewhite. I guess it's from 2005. And he just said, I want to see all the old home folks, ones who may not last another year. We will rock on porches like chapels. And not saying anything, their faces impenetrable as different barks of trees. After the bro- brother who drank has been buried, the grave plot sun- uh, stunned by sun in the woods, we men, still living, pass the bottle. We barbecue pigs. The tin-roofed sheds with embers are smoking their blue sacrifice across Carolina. Ooh, love that. Love that. Their blue Ooh. sacrifice. I like that. Nice, nice. Now, if it was South Carolina, they should say the garnet sacrifice, but you know, that's just oh. that's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that that's beautiful, man. Um, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, obviously, I'm from the Carolinas, born and raised there, came here 12 years ago. Um, it's always like something in the back of my mind that I'm, I'm eventually going to go back there. Uh, I don't think that's going to be anytime soon, but yeah, I mean, I haven't been back in what seems like almost a year now to visit my family. So that's gotta, that's gotta be cool really? sometimes. You've yeah. been to New Jersey more times than you've been to see your family. That's right? true. How about that? How awful is that to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awful, but yeah, it's true. It's true. You're absolutely right. Uh, all right. Um, so I know that you've had free Jacks players, staff and fans on your show. I have who, who has been your favorite to talk to overall up to this point? I mean, that's an incredibly tough question because it is, yeah. You know, and I even I already hinted at it. One of the great one of the many great things about this organization, their generosity, their outgoingness, yeah. they're willing yeah. to, sh- to share their time with you. Um, I, I, I don't think I want to say this person was the best. Um, some of the incredible highlights have been lucky enough, though. Um, mm-hmm. Dallin Stanford, first yeah. of all, there was a day when my wife and I just decided that, Hey, we have a day off. Let's go to Quincy and see if we, we can find the free Jacks facility. Yeah. Found it. Talked to them. Slade McDowell opened the door for me to let us in. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then that was, it was, you know, in early spring, I guess. So it was just nice enough for them to play outside or practice outside. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of all walked over to Fort Quincy and I kind of went with them. And then as soon as I got there, there's Dallin Sanford just out in the field, just chit chatting. And yeah. I was like, Hey, I know you. And he was like, <laughs> Boom, it comes over, the smile's on, the, the handshake is out. Yeah. And I mentioned the scrum of the earth, and he's like, that's you? That's you? So, you know, made a date to talk then, and what a guy. Like, yes, incredible. You, you look him up, and you think you have an idea of how amazing his story is. And then you talk to him, and you realize that's the tip of the iceberg for this guy. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ollie Engelhart, the same way. Yep. Um, <laughs> I almost wish I had waited a few months to talk to Ollie, because... I've just gotten so much better at interviewing since then. Like right. since my, my things are usually really heavily scripted Yeah, and I didn't have the ability at that time to sort of slam on the brakes when somebody gives me, you know, 
just something I hadn't expected. Mm -hmm. So he mentioned a couple of things. You know, he casually mentioned that there's a photo of him on Prince Charles helicopter. Right. The, yeah. The transition of Hong Kong to back to the English. And I'm like, that should have been a wait right. a minute moment. And then he <laughs> casually mentioned, oh, I lived in a show in Temple for a year. Yes. And yep. all I mustered up was, yeah, who hasn't? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe kind of funny, but no, that was another yeah. moment that I could have, you know, I, I still want to answer all those questions as well. Sure. Um, Mags, of course, has been incredible. Every time you talk to Matt, you, you learn 17 things you didn't think you were about to learn. I know it. Yeah. And, uh, and Kyle Shaquera, what a guy. It's so fun. One of our original free jacks too. One of, yeah. by my reckoning, one of only five players we've had from the very beginning. Yeah, that sounds about right. And and what a he all of those guys are fantastic. All those people have been on my show as well. And you know, Kyle is one of those guys, just because you happen to mention him last, it's one that's sticking in my mind right now. Is just every time I have him on, I just have this huge smile on my face. And I'm like, man, I just want to chug a beer right now at a bonfire. <laughs> he just has that type of party type of atmosphere, regardless of what he's doing. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I want to chug a beer with him in, in an inflatable hot tub yeah, near a bonfire. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Can't agree more on that. that that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is a, might be another hard question for you. There's quite a few of these on here. What's okay. been your favorite memory overall as a Free Jacks fan? From the, let's say from the announcement that the, there's going to be a franchise in Boston until today. What's I your mean, favorite that, moment? That was a big one. Just learning that there's going to be a local team I can support. Yep. Because I was like, okay, where are my chips? Because I need to shove these suckers in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe the uh, the opening match of the Kara Cup. Okay, that was a, that was a big one. That was my yep. I think that was, that was probably my first in person rugby experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching a lot on TV, as you know. I follow a bunch of different leagues and stuff yes. all over the world. But um, everyone told me, everyone told me, it's different when you're there. When mm-hmm. you can hear the bodies collide, yep. it's just that you realize there's something different about this sport. And that was exactly true. That's exactly how it went. And um, one of my Favorite players who's no longer with us, Connor, Connor Kindergan. He was there that day, and he had a moment where sort of a, a ball went astray, and he went over to pick it up, and he sort of picked up a towel and threw it at me, and it was like that old Mean Joe Green ad or something. And I'm yes. like, I'm 11 years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that was something else. But the um, the debut at Fort Quincy last year, yeah, learning what our new facility was going to be like, that was yeah. huge and such a difference. It was just night and day, as you recall. Yeah. And then opening day this year is something about it was so, so New England, you know, for sure. the, the we all think we're Irish thing with the, with the <laughs> thing that he jerseys. Yes. Um, the fact that it, it snowed and we got a rainbow and everything at the, like all at once, like that's New England for you. And uh, if the players didn't know that, they, they learned it that day for sure. Absolutely. I, I love Waka's response to, uh, you know, the yeah. question of did he enjoy or what was it like playing in the snow? He's like, it, it, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never did it before. Don't want to fucking do it again. Right. Exactly. Hilarious. <laughs> that was really good of him. But yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of great memories overall. I remember where I was. I was, um, this was, you know, pre COVID. So we, I was actually in an office, you know, how about that? An office building. Wow. But I, you know, I remember seeing it on my phone in like the break room at, at uh, my workplace and I was like oh my god I can't believe it it's it's finally happening right yeah. we have a we have a professional team that we can support now so that's always up there the first game at Fort uh, Union Point was also huge against Utah 
Oh it was. boy. Yeah. The the crowd atmosphere was absolutely electric for that entire game. It was that that Ooh. was the day that, that that first game people brought the what do they call them the vuvuzelas? Is yes. that, that incredibly yes. annoying one? Yeah. Yeah. And at the beginning, I was like, "All right, we really brought the." Oh God, please stop that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could use the power from all of the people, the electricity to power the entire city of Boston that day. I mean, it was just so so. It, you know, everybody. It just felt like everybody was like, "Yes." It's yeah. finally happening. We're witnessing it here. It was historic for sure. And it's the, the difference now too, it's not just the quality of the facility. Cause you know, you and I talked about this maybe one of our first times ever talking, like mm -hmm. we are all in fans. We're like, okay, yeah. union point. This is our home. Okay. Right. Well, we're making this our home. That's fine. Yep. But Fort Quincy isn't just a better facility. It has people walking by. It has traffic that potentially will go, What's that sound? And Ollie yes. does a great job organizing these festivals and these atmospheres. Mm -hmm. So people are going to just hear something and go, what is that? I'm just going to walk over and find out. You've already, on your pod most recently, you talked about the Friday the 13th show with the yes. beer fest leading up and everything. And you guys even pointed out the beer fest, you know, ends a half hour after the game begins. That's right. So suddenly there's going to be a bunch of sort of beery people who are like, now what? Yes. Oh, yeah, let's watch this. Yes, all of yeah, these yeah. men colliding into each other. Let's watch this. They're going to go up to your section. I guarantee it. Your yeah, section yeah. is loud. Heck yeah. Um, so, you know, we're talking about Fort Quincy kind of leads into my next question in regards to, you know, I think we've talked about overall impression essentially, but what would you improve? Just a little bit of, you know, no no criticism, but feedback, okay. you know, you know um, some type of feedback to provide to the club. For the, the Free Jack sort of fan experience or for the just in general, it can be fan experience. It can be the actual um, Fort Quincy Stadium improvements to that. You know, anything that on your mind when you think of well, what improvements can be made. If we can hire like a witch doctor or <laughs> some sort of weather witch, weather witch, yeah, uh, the winter squalls from yeah, descending yeah. upon us while it's supposed to be spring, that would mm -hmm. be nice. But uh, that, uh, I mean, I have no idea what the budget for that kind of thing is. Yeah, that um, might be uh, beyond the budget, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I think that's next tier up, I guess. Yes, but, uh, exactly. But also, uh, <laughs> so as I've said, the, the festivals have been great. The music's yes. been great and everything. But we had the jazz slash ska weekend, which I think confused Vance, because I at least am unsure what the connection is between those two genres. But then we had a jazz band and then a so-called ska band. I think they played... 10 or 11 songs and four of them were bob marley covers big like, bob marley fan but yeah not exactly scott exactly it's a different like, genre are you scob marley fantastic um yeah i think everybody's is looking at that one as probably the the weakest link in terms of festivals so far it is a little confusing i think the reason why they threw jazz in there along with ska is because it was called it was uh, international jazz day Oh, okay. I think that had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, who, what do you wear to that? I, I, you know, I, I've, I've dressed up at certain one of these. You know, there some of them have been easier than others. But yeah, I was yeah. just clueless about what I should wear for that one. You know, you've won at least one costume contest on the day as well. I sure have. Yeah, the Opry Ski. I was able to win that with my, um, my very loud, my very loud eighties uh, skate uh, ski equipment. Yeah. Well, I already mentioned um, that m my best friend Amy got to come see her very first ever rugby game this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just just to let you know where your own celebrity has gotten to. Uh, you sort of whisked by and said, oh, hey, how are you doing? And went up to your section and Amy said, 
Was that Phil from Jack's Rangers? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's great. That's good to hear. Like, uh, it's good that people that are not aware of the show at all are like finding it some way or another and then following it. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's good. Good, good, good. Um, let's see here. So, you know, we talked about the festivals. They've been a great addition, obviously. Uh, what's been your favorite and least favorite? I think what your least favorite. I, I think I know what that's going to be. I mean, I don't even want to use the phrase least favorite because that implies I didn't like it and I loved it and it was a great day. Um, I just didn't really understand it and I didn't know how to dress up is all. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's about as minor a complaint as you could imagine. Sure. Um, the unicorn day, that was the best day for sure. Yeah. It was an entire stadium of unicorns. People that's... embraced it to the nth degree. It was just awesome. And uh, right kilts. It was, was the rainbow unicorn. Yes. One of the things that's great about being there is just getting to know the season ticket holders around you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've got Manny and I've got Steven in front of me and they always bring a lot to, to these matches. And uh, Manny, he was uh, the guy riding Yoshi during the halftime okay. thing last week. and stuff. Yeah. So uh, he's always got something going on. It's great. Very good. Very good. Um, what was I going to say? Dang, I'd forgotten. Oh, um, you know, it, of course, uh, Unicorn Day also had the 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 uh, the Scottish element to it, as the um, the national animal of Scotland is a unicorn. So the kilts were yeah. out in force as well. So that's always good to see. I'm glad that that's something that the the club is embracing as well, because that was completely organic, fan driven last year. It was with the kilts as the last home game. Of course, our buddy Kenny Ranger Kenny was the one that came up with that, and I spread it around on social media, and it was a big success. And I'm glad that it was something that we could continue with a festival um, going. Forward. Forward. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, it was um, kind of buried in one of my episodes with um, Mags as the CEO you know, come on, came on and talked about the festivals. And one that he was vetoed on, which I would love to see in the future, is a Ted Lasso theme. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would you, love. You've, you've already got that. That's just. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't have to do anything for that. You know, that's, <laughs> that's an easy one. Um, but yeah, I hope that's something that gets, re- you know, it replaces one of the ones that wasn't as successful um, going forward. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I love the fact that they're obviously going to switch it up every week. You yeah. know, on my pod, I always talk about Coach Matthew and how one of my favorite things about him is he ch- seems to change his game plan up every yes. single week. Yes. You just don't know who's going to be involved until you start to see what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way Ollie is with the festivals. So I love trying something new every week. Yeah. It's, it's something to look forward to. It's not going to get stagnant. You know, you can always dress up with some other different costume and stuff like that. Speaking of which, the one that's coming up uh, this week, which, you yeah. know, this podcast is going to come out after that one is the, uh, the superhero. Um, do you have mm. anything planned for that? No, I'm still chewing on it. Like I'm always like, well, I guess I could just go to party city and get something, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's just, you know, I make a pittance at work these days. And the idea right. of dropping 50 bucks more before I drop 50 bucks on beer at the game. <laughs> <laughs> right. It makes sense. Seems like, uh, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm thinking about it though. Um, okay. the, 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 the matches I can't figure out. I just wear, you know, the best yeah. gear. I have, so same here, man. Same here. I didn't do any derby day. Cause I was like, I don't want to dress up and do a suit, you know, for, for a game. So I yeah. really appreciated the, uh, the fancy hats, the women with the fancy hats. Yes. Those were cool. Nice touch. Very good. Yep, I agree. Um, let's talk about, you know, I was on your show previously uh, prior to the season starting. We talked about our expectations, but how surprised are yes. you that the Free Jacks are 11-1 and right now? Very. Uh, yeah. I thought you, you and I both had 
borderline unrealistically optimistic mm -hmm. uh, assessments yep. of where we were going to be. Yep. And I think their record is significantly better than we thought. Um, yeah. I think at this stage, I probably would have had us, what, eight and three, something like that. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking the same thing. Probably three losses or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought DC were going to be a lot better than they turned out to be this year. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad that their turnaround didn't quite nip us, but it, it was close. It was very close, uh, closer than it should have been for sure. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you asked about things to, to maybe change. Uh, I'm worried that the fans who are there every week are now just like, oh, we're going to win. So there's a little complacency. Right. There's a little, I'm just going to turn around and talk to my neighbors kind of yep. stuff. And I'm like, actions on the field, guys. This yeah. game is not won. None of these games right. are won. That's true. Yeah. Got to make sure that we're laser focused. I think it's pretty, you know, we're pretty good at that in section five, but uh, I, I feel like we're the ones holding the banners a lot of the times uh, for yep. what, what takes place. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to see like cheer leaders in certain sections. You know what I mean? I'm not talking mm. about the ones with pom poms, but the ones yeah, yeah. that actually, you know, hear what's happening in other sections and bring that to theirs type of thing with the chants and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, uh, <laughs> The very our home opener this year, the season ticket holders who sit right next to us, um, they weren't able to be there, so they gave their tickets to some friends, mm -hmm. and their friends had a uh, you know a working dog with them, and they dressed up that dog in a banana <laughs> banana skin, <laughs> and I took some great pictures, put them on Twitter, and banana dog hashtag banana dog became a thing for a second. I was like, oh, this could be a huge thing this year. Mm -hmm. No, the actual ticket holders back. I mean, God bless them, and I'm glad they're there, but. I would have liked to see more banana dog this year. For sure. That would have been great. Um, you know, David and I have a rapport just because we've, we've talked so much about rugby on your show and then you've been on my show and we talk at the games and stuff like that. So normally my uh, interviews are like very regimented, like here's the question Ooh. I'm looking for the answer and then we're moving right along. But obviously, you know, I'm sorry, I keep sidetracking. No, 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 you're good. I, what, the reason I'm bringing that up is we're running out of time here for the actual meeting because I have not upgraded to pro yet. Um, so oh. we're going to be a little bit faster here with our answers. Okay. Um, who's your second favorite team in MLR? Do you have one? Uh, San Diego, okay. definitely, uh, because I love that city, because um, I think they should be better than they are, and because a friend of my own pod, Will Owen, supports them, so they're, they're my easy go-to second, and they don't have the word Gill in them. That's that's also a nice one. I'll tell you another thing that's really impressing me is the cohort, how awesome those guys are in dressing up mm -hmm. every single week in yep. the, the Roman Legion attire there. Um, that's great. I don't necessarily know if I have one. I kind of have leanings towards Seattle and Houston, of course. I don't like mm. any of the Eastern Conference teams. I don't think really anybody should, unless you have ties to there for some reason, if you're a Free Jacks fan and like maybe lived in a certain city or whatever. Yeah. But like our Eastern teams are our rivals for sure. But if you have a Western team, I think it's kind of okay. Um, and then, of course, my real, my true second favorite team in MLR is whoever plays New Jersey that, that week. Because <laughs> yes. screw those guys for sure. Um, if you could turn back time. So this is one of the – I've wrote down a couple interesting oh. ones here, and I hope we get oh, to all yes. of them. If you could turn back time, just like Cher okay. says in her song, uh, what would you change about the Free Jacks? Would, would you change anything about the uh. organization, anything, logo, team name, anything like that? <sighs> I don't think so. So, I mean, this is in the wheeze here, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So at work last week, so the, the school where I work, we actually have Latin there, which is hard to believe nowadays. One of the Latin teachers there is such a compelling guy that he's 
convinced me that I wish I could take his damn Latin class because it, it, it seems that interesting and he's that much of a wonk about it. Okay. But he talks philosophy and he talks literature and he talks all these things. And he, he was saying how Nietzsche had this question about, you know, just ask a person, if you could redo your entire life, would you do anything differently? Mm. And if so, you need to make that change in order to live a happy life. Oh. And maybe that was simpler back when he said it, because the fact is the fact that my life completely fell apart led to everything good I have now. So on one hand, I made a series of bad decisions. On the other hand, what followed led me to where I am now, which is a very happy place. Hmm. Um, So with the free jacks, there were bumps along the road. Um, The, one of my first experiences with the team, you know, with, with the organization, I think they weren't as, it must've been a six nations watch party. They tried to do it at a couple of places in Boston, a couple of places in Quincy. And so I, you know, it's an hour and a quarter for me to drive to Quincy. So I drove to this bar where there was supposed to be this event and said there was going to be players. There's going to be staff. They're going to put the six nations on the big screen. It'll Mm -hmm. be this whole event. There'll be prizes. Uh, No one from the free jacks came. Not not, not one person. Um, when I, when I went there, um, there was one bartender there and she had no idea what I was talking about. Like 20 minutes later, the bar manager showed showed up and he was like, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Uh, uh, and he took out a laptop and tried to connect it. He literally couldn't get the game going. Nothing ever happened. It was so frustrating. And I really considered at that moment, I was so mad because it it was, you know, and two and a half hours of driving out of my way mm-hmm. for no reason at all. It's very annoyed. And we hadn't played any games yet. And at work the next day, I was talking to my colleague and I was like, you know, I felt strongly about this, but I might just say, give me my money back. I, I don't appreciate this. Right. And he said, well, don't, don't just do that. Let them know what happened and t- give them a chance to tell you why or what they think about that. And that's exactly what I did. And they were like, Boom. Within, you know, half hour, I got an email saying, I can't believe this happened. We're really sorry. Um, that's actually how I got this jersey. Is, uh, it was kind of a, we're sorry about that kind of thing. Okay. That was a big hiccup that almost stood in the way of me being the type of fan I am right now. And uh, the, the, the fact that I bothered to ask them, and as you know, this is the organization that does listen. They do want to communicate yes. with us. They do want to make things good and make things right. And they did. And I was even more all in after that. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. What, what could have been right? I mean, if you had just said, screw this, I'm not going to follow these guys. They, they've wasted my time. Screw this team. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it, it would have changed everything, you know? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if I'd have a podcast right now. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's incredible. Um, so the next question here is uh, what is your favorite free Jacks kit? Is it the one that you're wearing, the Iris Heritage, the club jersey, which is the white one, home jersey, navy blue, or members jersey, red? So red is not my color. The, the, the members jersey I love so much because of having all the names there. Yes. So, uh, but I don't own one yet because I bought one of the original, you know, sort of official kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and red just doesn't do me any favors. <laughs> so, uh, And also I'm poor. So I haven't gotten one of the new ones. Um yeah, I guess it's the screen one. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a little trite to be a, somebody living in or near Boston and be like, oh, look at my Irish heritage. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I don't actually have any Irish heritage. Right, right, uh, right. But I don't mind representing this team in this way. 
Yeah, I love the Irish Heritage. I think it's my second favorite. If I had to rank them, I would say that the home jersey, the Navy Blue is number one. Irish Heritage, yeah, red, and then the white, which is the uh, you know the away kit, basically. I'm close to getting the white, but uh, you know the stains. We'll see. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to eat a chili, uh, you know, cheese dog uh, with that thing on. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to be wearing this at a, at a game where I'm buying sausage and peppers, with mustard, <laughs> and <laughs> so. Um, Real quick here, rapid fire, I guess, at this point, because we're down to two minutes and 40 oh. seconds. Uh, would you rather have who would you rather have as an older owner of the Free Jacks, Jeff oh. Bezos or Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess Bezos, because I think he's just going to be on an island vacationing somewhere and he's not going to mess around with it. Yeah. Elon Musk would just stick his finger in there and, and just start twirling. And I don't know what would happen. I'll tell you what, a SpaceX jersey uh, or uh, kit uh, sponsor on the front would look really good though i think it would it would yeah. even even the tesla logo yeah. oh yeah absolutely um who would you what would you rather have mags's intelligence or mags athleticism at his you know in his prime oh uh his intelligence okay. uh he's a, a top level international athlete but yeah. um but i think that ship sailed for me so i could use the extra brains i think absolutely same here brother no doubt about that uh get so get your ass to the playoffs was my minimum expectation yep. for this season how do you feel if that's all that gets achieved so we get bounced in the mm. first whatever you know if we happen to play in the finals or we're you know, one of the one or two seeds and we lose that game is I, that okay i think it's a possibility there was a three-week span where we only won by four then two then three mm-hmm. um you know I've talked to, I was talking to James Dealey of MLR stats about this. Does that make us the gritty team that finds a way to win? Or does that mm-hmm. mean we're just not that much better than our opponents? Yeah. Um, I think it's very, a real possibility. We could get bounced in the first round, but um, we got there and we've got this historic win streak. Right. By the way, the nine win win streak, that's out of 33 total games we've ever played. Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. It that's is. an incredible it number. And uh, I just don't think that, I'm too all in. I'm too happy with this organization. I'm too proud of what our boys have done. If we lose in the first round, it'll hurt a lot, Yeah, but uh, it's still a massively successful season. I couldn't agree more. I feel the same way. Let's get into one word association before we get kicked out of here. Scotland. Oh, uh, (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Texas. Uh, I miss it. It's not one word, but I miss it. We were supposed to go in April and we couldn't. So. Um, the band sticks, <laughs> uh, underrated and uh, loved by retired women all over North America. <laughs> I have learned. Would you, uh, seems shorter and needs a bath <laughs> mags. These are the best. And I, final... I'm still saying the MLR shield should be the mags shield. I agree. I agree. Uh, final thing here is free jacks. Free jacks are the best. Uh, All right, Rangers, tell us how we did with all of the content this week. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We appreciate everybody out there that interacts with us on those platforms. We release graphics throughout the week regarding the content in the show. If you have a second, give us a five-star review on the platform of your choice. However, you're listening to this podcast right now, please do give us a five-star review. We would greatly 
greatly appreciate it. And also wanted to mention on YouTube, all of our segments that we do are recorded visually. So you can check out those on the Jack's Ranger show on YouTube. We currently have 48 subscribers. So if you have not, like, comment, and subscribe over there as well. Would greatly appreciate that. And we, of course, appreciate all the Rangers that ride with us here at the Jack's Ranger show. Wanted to go through this day in American Revolutionary War history. In 1777, Georgia Patriot Button Gwinnett was wounded in a duel with Lachlan McIntosh over who would command an expedition to secure Georgia's border with Florida. Gwinnett died three days later from his injury. He had won election to the Second Continental Congress and the Revolutionary War quote of the day, when the American spirit was in its youth, the language of America was different. Liberty, sir, was the primary object. That was Patrick Henry. All right, that about wraps her up for this week's episode, The Lone Ranger, as I head on up in my own expedition up to the great white north of Toronto to see our beloved Free Jacks take on the Toronto Arrows, hoping for a good result in our last away game of the regular season. Saddle up, let's ride, beat Toronto, and go Free Jacks. Hi-oh, silver, away! Huzzah, baby. (laughs) 